What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Mind of Cali Lacerda, which I don't even know if that's going to be the title, but I guess it is now because it's the second episode of whatever this is, whatever this show, series, what, whatever you want to label and, and define it as. Um, I'm not really a big fan of labeling anything because I think that once you label something and you determine what it is using words, using intent, you constrict it and you confine it and limit it to being just that, right? So if you say that a rock is a rock, then that's all it's going to be. It's just going to be a rock, right? Instead of maybe seeing it as what it could be, which is just an integral part of the planet. It could be, you know, like the planet itself in like a fractal condensed uh, form, you know, like a rock is essentially the all, which is the earth, but it's, you know, presented in a more palpable, malleable uh, form, shape, size, you know, like hopefully that makes sense. But whatever you want to call this little thing that I do occasionally and that I want to do more consistently, I want to pick up the frequency and the pace and I want to just kind of like force myself to just sit down, man. Just, just sit down. Just sit down. I told myself, sit down. You know, like I literally like look at myself in the mirror and I just punch it, break the mirror every single morning. I'm just like breaking it and then I get my hands all bloody and then I have to go to the ambulance. And so my day usually starts at 5 p.m. You know, after I get out of the hospital, I have to bandage up and I have to call the guy to repair my mirror. And that's a few thousand dollars, you know, but you got to do what you got to do when you um, when you're mentally gone. Right. Um, but all jokes aside, I do have to force myself to sit down. Not every day because that's too much of a commitment. And I do have other things that I've been working on. Not not to say that this channel isn't important anymore, but this channel has kind of taken the backseat in many ways just because it used to be our main place, like our main YouTube house, you know, until we decided, and by we, I mean my girlfriend and I, Gabriella, uh, who are co-creators of Everything You See Mentally Gone. But our main house used to be this channel. But now we've since built a a newer house, uh, seven months ago, which has been experiencing such an unfathomable growth at such an unprecedented rate, honestly. Like, I've never really expected it to catapult the way it did. Uh, it's called Mentally Gone Reacts. But don't let the name Reacts deceive you, though, because what we're doing there is more than just reacting. Like, we are getting these films, these pieces of art, and we are kind of allowing these pieces of art to get filtered through our own individual frameworks, right? So what that means is our life experiences, things that we've overcome, our traumas, our childhood, our experiences growing up, our upbringing, everything, right? Like we get all of that into consideration and then we get these pieces of art, which are movies, right? Which are the most, I guess, popularized forms of art. Well, not true. Uh, first one probably being music, and then the second one probably being films, and then the third one probably being, you know, traditional old school pictures, you know, canvases and paintings. Um, but but yeah, like getting these these powerful vehicles of expression, and then filtering it through our own powerful vehicle of expression, which is our temple, our body, our our sanctuary, and then you know, pooping out whatever get whatever gets pooped out and then uh or vomiting out whatever gets vomited out, you know. But I but I like pooping more than vomiting because um because it feels better to poop. Isn't it weird how it does feel better to poop than it does to vomit? Vomiting 
<laughs> this is how you know that you've come to the right place. Um, vomiting is is cathartic in some moments. But then it's interesting though, right? Because if it gets too cathartic and things just start flowing too much, it comes out of your nose and you start tearing up and you, you know, like comes out of every hole of your body. And so it could get kind of like really, really destructive really quickly. That's why I kind of like favor pooping more and I'm kind of like team poop more than I am team vomit because pooping feels good. And even if it's uncontrollable, you know, like th- those days, like after Taco Tuesday or something, like when it's uncontrollable and you can't close the gates, no matter how hard you try and you have to keep constant monitoring of those gates because any cough or any sneeze will just, you know, let an intruder out. Um, even even on those days, like it, it kind of feels better than than having to have things coming out of every hole of your body. But yeah, um, so we poop information on that channel and it's a unique poop because of that, right? And I'm going to stop with this disgusting metaphors and comparisons. I'm sorry, but that's who I am. And I am growing into who I am more and more each day with my own individual journey. And um, so if you're interested in these spiritual conversations, like what I've been starting to do right now with this episode and the one previous to this one then you'll love Mentally Gone Reacts. Like, like truly love it, right? Because I love doing it. I love doing it. Because this one is kind of harder, to be honest, because it's just me alone. And then I have to kind of just find ways to banter. Not banter, but I have to use things to kind of catapult myself off. And I don't really require much. And I think that that's one of my God-given gifts, if you will. And I say that in the most humble way possible. But it's that I've always been really good at improvising right? At just flowing, just flowing. It's almost like I'm freestyle rapping right now. Like I don't even know what the next sentence is going to be. I don't want to know what the next sentence is going to be because if I had a script, a, a pre-established script where, where even if it's not present and I'm just like in my head, okay, so I'm going to open with the intro. I'm going to talk about vomiting and pooping, and then I'm going to make it seem like it's whatever. And then I'm going to, I could never be that person. I can never be that person. And that makes, that makes what I do as a profession kind of dangerous because there will be times inevitably where I will say something that maybe rubs people the wrong way, maybe doesn't really click or resonate or maybe sounds crazy, sounds delusional, like this guy should be checked into a mental institution. Whatever your interpretation of it is, it's welcome because that just shows that the art did what it was meant to be. And not saying that what I'm doing is art, but I'm also saying that what I'm doing is art, you know, because to me it's art. To me, it's a form of expression. So to me, it's no different than me painting a canvas and then posting it on Instagram and then waiting for other people's validation or other people's, you know, interpretation, a simulation of that art. This is very similar, except I generally don't really care for the exposure element, for the metrics and the growth and the graphs and the, oh, like I'm going to gain 100,000 subscribers. (laughs) You know, like, I don't really care too much about those things. I really don't. But what I care about is being able to just do it well. Like, do this work well. And what does that mean, doing this work well? Well, that's a philosophical question there, Callie. Uh, Let's kickstart with that. How do you define that you're doing something well? Like, how is it defined? You know, how much of it is your individual interpretation and how much of it 
is externalities like external elements you know like what's the criteria what's the what's the you know checklist of like it, it must include this it must have the in order for it to be good you know or for it to be okay or for it to be great or i don't know but yeah so i just wanted to open this episode however i just did i don't know what i just did right now but i'm gonna keep it flowing guys i'm gonna keep it flowing just like the poop that i described earlier um we got new candles by the way which i'm very excited about which i already lighted um i don't know why i i lighted it before because i could have showed you guys the crystal that's inside of it um, I am not turning into a crazy cat lady. I just want to let everybody know I'm not going to be doing, you know, like crazy, like wearing you know, 10,000 crystal necklaces and, and letting my nails grow long and just, you know, I'm not going to do any of that shit and like put the little like witch, the crystal lady and have a crystal ball. I'm not doing any of that. All right. Yet. I don't think, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. Um, but this is the throat chakra, uh, candle. Cause I am into chakras. I am into energy and I don't even know what that statement means because everything is energy, right? Like, how are you into energy? How are you into oxygen? It's like, I'm into breathing. Oh, good for you, you know? But um, I am very in tune, I should say, with energy, especially recently. I've been very connected with energy. Um, more specifically, my own energy with divine, with, with source, with the universe, right? Because I feel like every time I say God on any video, any place where I utter the word God, I feel like a lot of people just roll their eyes into the back of their heads and like, Oh God, you know, unironically with no pun intended at all. Cause most of these people are not smart enough to even, you know, develop a pun that, that clever, um, no shit to anyone, obviously. Right. But to those of you who are open-minded, who are returning, are returning visitors to this insane asylum that I like to call the mind of Cali Lacerda. Um, you guys probably know what's up with uh, chakras. Chakra. Uh, this is a throat chakra candle. This camera's horrible at uh, focusing. Throat chakra says uh, pepperoni. Oh no, peppermint and sandalwood uh, with healing crystals and and what? And essential oils. So it comes infused with a bunch of stuff that's supposed to make me feel better, essentially. I think it works. I think it does. And then right underneath it, I'm not going to really... Ah, do I want to touch this while the flame is on? Eh, I kind of like the way it is right now. But there's a little bracelet that comes with... Which I'll show eventually. But there's a, there's a little bracelet I got also that came with the candles, I believe. Or it came with the sage. Because I also bought my first sage. And again, I promise I'm not going to turn into a cat lady. But I did get sage. And I will say that maybe it was placebo... But again, I'm on a specific spiritual path and I, and this message is only for those who are open-minded enough. I've never cleansed my space or any space in any house before. I've never used sage. I've never tried using it. I've never understood what the purpose was, but then I eventually got some sage and I did it and I cleansed my studio space. And, and, and after I did that, I just felt this unbelievable liberation you know like i felt like so much was blocked that i didn't even know was blocked you know like my energy just felt so constrained and i felt so like not not depressed because because i haven't really been depressed for a while uh thank god literally thank god because without god i would not be alive today um but i just felt like something was like clogged you know like it was like something that wasn't just flowing it's like a little piece of um 
piece of plastic, you know, in a river stream that's kind of like inhibiting the flow from just being, you know, fluid, completely fluid and just, you know, frictionless. And then I lit the sage and then I started like just just clearing out this space and just sending like setting an intention to really bring in positive energy and positive vibes, man. Positive vibes, peace and love, man. Don't do war, brother. Don't do it. Uh, peace and love into the space. And it worked. Might be placebo, you know, to all of you point dexters out there who are like, actually, scientifically, that makes no difference if you do that. I'm not talking to you guys. I'm talking to the people who feel life, who don't think life, who feel that's what this series, that's who this series is dedicated to. You guys are my people. Everyone else, you know, even the conspiracy people who have stuck around on this channel, who maybe are just not into spirituality, who believe in everything except God. Not for you, this series, you know, not for you. I'm sorry to say, but anyways, Sage, amazing, amazing. And I'm going to light it up today, later um, at, at night. I'm going to do it again gonna cleanse this space you know just enhance the feng shui i'm feeling very inspired i'm feeling very grounded very kind of just one with myself just very collected you know very confident too which i'm gonna address something right now after this after this commercial break mm, excuse me I swear, guys, I know it's disgusting, especially if you're listening to this on your um, earphones and you're like driving or you're working out and then you just hear me just going like every five minutes. Um, I probably have some condition. I had asthma growing up, but my mom is so old fashioned that she refused to <laughs> to prescribe, no, to allow, no, to buy the prescribed by a doctor prescribed inhaler at the time i was like 10 nah i was like 12 you know and i and and i have like i had a, a serious case of bronchitis and then that kind of like transformed or i guess it transmuted into um asthma and then i needed an inhaler but to my mom's like no no because i've heard stories or whatever and she was right too like if you if you give a kid inhale, well, I think she was right. I'm not a doctor, you know, or am I? I don't know. Uh, but she basically believed that uh, kids who get prescribed inhalers, they usually rely it, rely on it too much. And then it becomes like an addictive um, crutch, you know, like you just don't even really need it 90% of the time. But then 90% of the time you're going to use it, you know, because it's a little boost and it just gives you that little cathartic feeling of like filling up your lungs and just really freeing up the passageways and stuff. But all that to say that I think my coffee burps and my asthma burps, because I drank coffee like two, three hours ago. So it's not too recent that I've drunk, that I've drunk in it, drank it. Um, but it's recent enough, I guess that maybe the, the whatever aftermath of coffee, but it's mainly my anxiety mixed with, I would guess my asthma or my old asthma because I don't really have asthma like I run I, I work out I can you know do a marathon pretty easily I think you know um, says the guy who's been out of shape who's who hasn't stepped in a gym since June but yeah I think I could run a marathon right now um, so what was I saying okay about the asthma burps right this show again no structure all over the place this is me this is me 
I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be now. And I let the light finish it. Good job. That's it. That's it. Those are the words. 100%. Um, so you guys can expect a, a new karaoke series coming up soon on YouTube where I will start randomly singing a song and expecting you to finish it, even though I, I, I can't really test or I can't really have proof that you finished the song, but who cares? Cause this is mentally gone. And this is very liberating by the way. This is the most comfortable I've ever felt on camera yet is the most comfortable I've ever felt on camera. Just because I know that this is my thing. Like this is just my little universe. This is my little world. Just what happens to be recorded, um, just what happens to be shown to the world, and you, there's a big door, and you guys are more than welcome to venture in, to stumble through, and yeah, I'm just feeling really good. I'm just feeling really good. I'm Frankly, I'm feeling amazing. I'm feeling amazing, honestly, and, I, and I'm feeling inspired. You know, I'm feeling inspired, um, and it's mainly due to things finally working out in my life. You know, and, and I do owe it and I do credit my spiritual awakening. And I know it becomes this thing, right? Like over time, it's like it becomes preachy. It's like, oh, my God, this guy. It's like it's like I had this great cheeseburger yesterday and it was because my stars aligned, you see. And God, God wanted me to eat that cheeseburger. So God made it the best cheeseburger. I'm not going to be that person. I'm only going to speak on spiritual awakening, on my spiritual journey when I see that it applies to certain things or it's a value to someone else to kind of take those little seeds and crumbs, I guess, from my experience and then start maybe, maybe it serves as a catalyst for their own spiritual development, for their own spiritual growth, for their own spiritual awakening. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but that's just to say that I am a very, uh, I don't know what I was going to say, but all I'm going to say is that the reason why that I feel really confident is because of my spiritual awakening and because of the fact that I finally found out what my purpose in life is. And I've kind of always known what my purpose in life was, but I never really felt that, that feeling, that eureka moment, that aha, you know, like that, holy shit. It's like, this is why I'm here. This is why. You know, like when you get to that point where you realize like, holy shit, this is why I'm here. This is why. Then nothing that happens around you can derail you, can, can, can knock you down from that mountain of illumination, of enlightenment, of understanding of self, right? Especially when everyone around you, virtually everyone around you, for the most part, People you interact with on a daily basis, family members, spouses, whatever, everyone around you is still kind of asleep in the matrix of the 3D realm of carnal desires and carnal fears and all these things that we're all prone to, right? Like we all are born with this reality kind of set as default. But just like in a video game, and again, like here goes my 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 descent into delusional madness for some of you uh, critics out there. But to those who catch what I'm, who who are picking up what I'm laying down, you know, uh, hold on, guys. I just have to uh, wait. Just give me a sec because I have to restart the camera every twenty or so minutes because that's life. But yeah, so I was saying, right? <clears throat> we are born 
and life is kind of set to this default mode, right? And this default mode is is kind of founded and reliant on fear, um, emotional, primal, primitive needs and urges, right? Um, I think that part of the journey or as humbly as I possibly can say, because I have discovered the uh, meaning of life, by the way. Yes, I have. Um, I say that ironically, but I also say that unironically because for myself, like I've discovered what the meaning of life is for myself, right? So the meaning of life for me is very different, maybe, but maybe not, you know, because everywhere I look and every person that I kind of interact with who is on a similar wavelength, you know, people that I find on social media, like that's why I love social media. That's why I love the internet. It allows me to really connect directly with the people that I want to, that, that I want to connect with the most, you know, people who are kind of a part of my tribe and a lot of you watching, for example, um, well, some of you watching left comments on the last video and I'm going to be going through those comments. I'm going to be reading them and then responding to each one. And a few people even called in to the number. Oh God, guys. What is this? Like, what is, like, if any doctors are watching, or all the all the doctors who are watching, because I'm sure that my um, little podcast, <laughs> YouTube video series is being played at every Ivy League university, every med school. Um, what was I going to pull up? Oh, the phone number, right, that I am going to say right now for you guys to call. I have to check what the phone number is. But, he, like, some of you even called in. Like, one person, like, one person called and you have no idea what you did for me you have like zero clue damn dude like where do i go now like where do i go now where do i go uh where is it hold up guys who did who did i definitely saved it okay here we go so just remembering uh that you can call the number that's on the screen right now or if you're listening to the podcast you can call 862 862- four one nine six nine nine seven that's eight six two four nine no sorry eight six two four one nine six nine nine seven eight six two four one nine six nine nine seven do not be shy as you can tell i am not someone who you should be shy (laughs) around because i'm an idiot so if you want to join this idiot and keep him company on the next episode, feel free to call, text me. Like like some people texted. That's com- that's perfectly fine too. I'm going to read all the texts too. I'm going to read everything until I can't read everything. So if this thing that I'm doing right now, whatever it is, if it ever amounts to anything, you know, grand, grandiose, you know, in the modern uh, social media metrics of things or measurements of things, if it becomes a successful show or series or whatever it is, then obviously if there are more than 10 comments, you know, or, or 20 comments or whatever, that becomes kind of like unfeasible to, to, to read and cover and react to and respond in every video, then I'll start kind of just um, responding to the comments, kind of just writing them out, you know, but for now, the four comments on YouTube that were left on YouTube on the last video, um, I am going to be reading them and I'm going to be responding to them because there were four. 
and I have already read them, but I'm going to be rereading them and reading them for the first time on camera. Um, what was I going to say before that? Oh, one thing that I forgot, I completely forgot to mention, which was, which is the big elephant in the room. I'm not wearing a hat. Like what? Cat in a hat without a hat? It's just a cat, you know? Like who is Callie without a hat? Oh my God. Like, where's your Nike hat? Yeah. Um, I, I actually had planned to, uh, address that right in the beginning, but that just shows that I'm not really a planning person at all. I really don't care. Um, I stopped wearing a hat and honestly, it's been one of the most liberating and freeing things that I've ever experienced in my whole life. Not the act of sitting down and recording without a hat, but the act of feeling comfortable and learning to love myself in such a way where now, and I'll explain why, because it might sound weird to like some of you, but I genuinely love the way I look now genuinely like i'll walk into the bathroom i'll look myself in the mirror and i'm genuinely okay like i'm genuinely okay in admitting like you're pretty handsome man you got a nice beard going on you got a little cute little nose going on you know like you have some intense eyes too like scorpion like a scorpio eye you know scorpio eye very intense intense glare full eye contact while i drink that water um but yeah, like little features, you know, and even my hair, which has always been a source of my insecurity growing up. And I'm not going to get into the whole story, right? But my hair growing up, and I, and I have one friend, and this is the one friend that knows this because he's the one friend, he was my best friend in high school, right? And I still like still good friends to this day, but I haven't really like kept my end of the bargain in terms of connection with my old friends from my past, but this best friend at the time, right? Every single day through multiple times throughout the day to a point where it was literally insanity. It's like, I would just turn to him and just like ask because I didn't have like a mirror handy. Like I couldn't really tell it. I didn't, I don't think I had really like a phone back then. Maybe I did. I don't know. But I would just ask like, yo, is it okay? You know, like that's how insecure I was about my hair. And I don't know what happened in my childhood. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still like through this spiritual journey, through this healing process, I'm trying to really pinpoint moments in my childhood where these insecurities that would later haunt me, you know, in my life as an adult, like where they stem from, like where did it start? Like why did I ever preoccupy myself with my hair? And you're probably looking at my hair right now and saying like, yeah, like it's it's not the best hair, but you know, like it's all right. And I agree, like, it's not the best hair, but that's what it was, is that in my high school in Brazil, like, all the kids had, like, a beautiful, like, no homo, um, all the kids had, like, beautiful head of hair, you know, like, they had, like, this, like, majestic head of hair that was so seamless, it was just so natural to them, you know, and then I was the only kid, well, not the only kid, but I was one of the only kids who did not win the genetic lottery, you know, like, I was just not fortunate enough i guess or maybe it's a blessing in disguise and it's you know intended to teach me a lesson about vanity which it has by the way which i've learned that lesson and that's the reason why i'm not wearing a hat and i'm gonna get to that but for me it was a lesson that would prompt further growth in my character development in this little story arc that we call life and what was i getting with oh yeah 
that, right? So my hair, my dad, my uncle, and my grandfather, and probably his father and probably his grandfather, uh, we all have a genetic kind of like entry that's on the right side. And it's kind of like a little curve. And I was looking at like photo albums of when I was um, a child, like when I was a baby. And I always had it. And as a kid, it was so prominent because my mom would cut my hair super short. And so I didn't really have like hair to like pull to the side. And so it was super like prominent. It was like an entrance kind of. And it doesn't look too bad. It's just kind of like a quirky little thing. It's like um, Harry Potter with the with the lightning bulb on his forehead. Like imagine that just like a little further inside of my hairline. And imagine like not having like a straight hairline. So my hairline, genetically speaking, is already doomed. You know, like when I was born, I was like, this boy shall be doomed. And then boom. So it was. I'm just kidding, by the way. But yeah, but but that was a big insecurity of mine was the hairline. And then, and then, uh, what's the other part? Oh, big ass forehead, right? Big ass forehead, literally four fingers, probably like a five head, honestly, maybe a six head. I don't know because the thumb is thicker, uh, but big ass forehead, which is also genetic from my mom's side. Right. And my mom's family doesn't really have the best hair either. Like most of my cousins have balded, completely balded. Um, a lot of my cousins have completely balded, actually. Uh, and they my my mom, uh, my mom's mom comes from like uh, Native American indigenous ancestry. And then my mom's dad comes from African ancestry. Right. And we all come from Africa, obviously. But I'm saying like even like a few generations removed, you know, that lineage and that culture was, is still very strong and, and prominent. And so not the best hair, you know? Um, and so I just had to live with that shit, you know, like I just had to live with it and I would try my best and just being completely vulnerable and just completely upfront. Cause I don't have anything to hide from you guys. The whole purpose of these little episodes is to serve as a confessional of sorts. So it's like me sitting in those churches and then i'm like talking to the pastor so you guys are all pastors congratulations you guys are all pastors congratulations just don't do anything you know like don't do what pastors do uh otherwise i'll have to report you and call the police and you know and you'll get relocated you won't get reprimanded at all you'll just be re- relocated just like a whale from sea world that 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 kills a trainer like you'll just be relocated that's your punishment don't do it again huh um but yeah, so this is like a little confessional. But my point is, it got so bad, like my insecurity just erupted into this feverish vanity, into a feverish vanity. Like like something that's not even like vanity for the sake of making myself feel good. It was vanity for the sake of making myself not feel shitty. Think about that. Like think about what I just said. Because I just said, like, I just thought about that, actually. Like, a lot of what I say is is me just going off the cuff. You know, everything I say is me going off the cuff. And then a lot of what I say is new information to me. Um, because, again, like, through this spiritual awakening, I really just allowed myself to be, like, an open channel. And I just let the, the Holy Spirit, uh, source, the universe, whatever you want to call it, Christ consciousness, I let it just flow through me kind of unhindered, un, with like no friction at all. I just let it speak. And so sometimes it's me speaking. Sometimes it's my higher self. Um, sometimes, you know, but what was I saying? Oh, yeah. 
So each morning before school, for the longest time, I would blow dry my hair in a way to make it, uh, what do you call it? To make it not thinner, straight, to, to straighten my hair. Because as a kid, especially, I, I always had like wavy hair. But as a kid, for whatever reason, like my hair was really wavy. Like it kind of had like a very weird, like a very bad texture to it. Like like now, like I just literally wash my hair and then sometimes I'll use conditioner. But for, but for the most part, it's just shampoo and not even every day, you know, like I just wash it whenever I feel like it needs to be washed. But every other day for sure, sometimes every day, like some weeks every day. But But my point is like, I just barely take care of myself in like any like vanity sense. And I do have to like pick up, like do it more often. I feel like, especially with my skincare, like I want to like take better care of myself. I want to, you know, like put more care towards not, not healing myself of my acne scars or whatever directly, but more care towards just feeling more empowered in who I am in this vehicle, but without being attached to this meat vessel you know, without identifying with it all the time. But my point is, I would use a blow dryer in the mornings before grade school. I think, I think before grade school too, but grade school, it was like towards maybe like ninth grade, eighth grade or something like that. I don't know, but definitely in high school. And then I would blow dry my hair and I would do it in a way where I would like curl it. And then I would get the blow dryer in the bathroom. Imagine a 12, well, uh, from 12 to like, honestly, from like 12 to like 18, you know, like until I graduated high school kind of, but I would just be in the bathroom just trying to like straighten out my hair. I would straighten out my hair, just trying to look, and I would get so frustrated some days because some days I would like burn my hand, like I would burn my hair. I would make a mess because I was just a frustrated young kid who was just trying to make sense of the world, you know, and I've talked earlier about how neither of my parents were really present a lot you know in my life like they weren't really that that present and so I was really kind of like on my own and I had to deal and kind of internalize and compartmentalize all of these um insecurities and I didn't I didn't really have anyone to really walk me through these insecurities and show me ways beyond it and how to overcome them so my only choice at that point was to suppress them suppress them and overcompensate right and just project on top of them something that i thought was the solution but really is just furthering the problems just digging myself a deeper and deeper hole but so that's all to say that now moving forward i will be relying much less my goal is to not have to wear a hat anymore and if i do wear a hat it's because i absolutely need to wear a hat and and i'll even address it i'll say like guys like it's been two months since I got a haircut, but even haircuts, like I've been scheduling them more frequently. So after I get a haircut, I'll immediately already schedule another date online, like through the um, app thing, schedule another date, you know, in two weeks. So every 15 days, I'll, I'll have that little boost of like confidence and that little boost of just, you know, just just like levity and just renewal. Uh, when before, especially in the last few years, when I was like super depressed and, and just super like deep inside of a hole, I would go two, three months without getting a haircut, you know? And then I would look in the mirror and not like myself and ask why, you know, like I wasn't working out. I wasn't doing anything. 
But um, but but yeah. So addressing the elephant in the room. No hat November, um, because most people do the other thing, which you know, I'm also doing. Um, but um, but yeah. So no hat, and I don't know if there was anything after that, and I didn't mean for that to rhyme. Um, but I'm glad it did. Okay, so let's just get into the comments really quickly. Hopefully this has been somewhat entertaining, somewhat enjoyable for someone out there, somewhat tolerable for others. Um, we are going to be going through the four comments that were, that were left on the last video. The last video was titled Spirituality, Creativity, and Coping with Loss. That was a more like serious episode. I think it was more of me trying to figure out what I want to do. Um, and, and it, look, look, it's going to sound weird, but this is just me psychoanalyzing myself from one month ago, which was when this first episode was posted. I'm very nervous right now. Very nervous. Even if it doesn't seem like I'm nervous, I'm very nervous. I'm just good at playing it off. I'm good at just making others not feel my, like feel my nervousness. And that's just a coping mechanism. And I guess a survival skill that I've earned by having to move around a lot growing up and never really finding a stable place, like one place for me to just latch down and just be a part of, you know, that community, that school, those those friendships, that little world. I always was moving around because of my mom, and I explained this in the other episode. But because of that, I've I've gained certain chameleon uh, powers, if you will. Not that it derails me from being my my genuine self but it does uh i just thought i heard something but it does um help me kind of just really find my place in the world like when i need it right so my all i'm trying to say is that in the first episode i was myself but at the same time because it was a new thing that i was doing and i felt like i was going to be examined under a microscope and i thought that all I, like all I would receive were would be hate comments, and I was really in my head about it. To be honest, I presented myself in a more serious way, but that seriousness don't let it deceive you because a lot of times, like when I'm serious, it's when I'm, it's when I have my my defense up, my guard up, you know, because this is me, like this is who I am. I am a person who is well-versed in sarcasm, uh, graduated in dark humor, and just likes to have fun. You know, like, I, I, I love the idea of getting super complex things and super difficult and dark and heavy stuff, and then just shedding light and talking about it, addressing it, but then also packaging it in the package of comedy, of love, of joy, of amusement, of laughter, of... You know, because life is already hard as it is. It's so fucking hard. Life is so hard that there's no point of just being super anal about it. You know, that's what she said. Uh, there's no point in doing that. You know, like, why? So this is me. This is me. This is me. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be now. And let the light shine on me. Um, and I have like an itchy nose. I think I'm getting sick. I don't know if I'm getting sick. Because I left the window open last night. And at night I saw it was like 20 degrees or something. 30 degrees in Jersey. Anyways. Anyhow. Let me just reset the camera. But yeah. So let's get to the YouTube comments. I'm feeling very comfortable. I don't know about you guys. But hopefully you're feeling comfortable. 
Um, you can open the fridge if you want. You can take off your shoes. Um, let's start with Lacey with two E's, Rich Bell, 1829. Was that when you were born, 1829? I need some more context here. Uh, love this. Love your content and love you. Thanks for the inspiration. Wow. Holy crud. Well, I don't know why I'm saying wow, holy crud, because I read these before, you know, but it's just that, guys, I have no memory, literally virtually no memory, which kind of like makes me scared of the future. Like maybe, I don't know, like I'll, the, the, the older I get, the harder it gets to like remember things. But I think that even that was by design with like my personal adventure on this earth, if you will. Uh, I think that I was meant to kind of not be a person that really retains information because retaining implies that you're holding on to something from the past. I think that my whole, (laughs) I think that my whole goal in this life is what I'm saying. Um, that was confirmation. That was, uh, that was definitely something. Um, I think that my whole goal in this life is to just do what I do best, which is improvising, right? So like talking to you guys, it's kind of like a freestyle, um, it's free flow. Things just flow through me. Ideas, thoughts, things that pop up in my mind, left field, things that are just like out of pocket, like completely random. Like I'll bring it in, I'll talk it, I'll address it before I forget it. But I think that that's why I can't really hold onto information. And in high school, I think I talked about this on one of the episodes, maybe on the last episode, maybe on like a old podcast with like me and Gabriella. But my the the school subject that I was the most proficient in, the best in, was philosophy. And in Brazil, you you start taking philosophy in grade eight, which, by the way, like the Brazilian school system is more advanced than the American school system because I've experienced both, especially high school there. High school there is crazy. Like you're getting advanced everything as your baseline. Like you're taught everything, dude. It's pretty crazy. Hold on. But um, I don't know what's going on with my throat today. Like my my throat is kind of. And hopefully this um, I didn't even address this format right. Like it's different from the other one. I'm just all over the place today, guys, because I feel like it's been a while since I've seen you guys. And what's going on? I don't know what's going on. Anyways, and I and I also feel like I I haven't seen you guys in a while. You know, I haven't seen you guys in a while. Hope you're good. Um, I just want to address that I changed or I'm experimenting with this new forward-facing format because I feel like it makes it more personal as opposed to the other way that I was doing it, which was still in the old podcast scheme kind of like format. So in that scheme the whole purpose of the camera's angle is to create this sense of the viewer or the listener, but more the viewer in this case, because we're talking about cameras, um, to make the viewer feel like they are a fly on the wall. So it's kind of like the Joe Rogan, you know, concept, which he really just innovated with. Um, I'm sure that people before him were also using it, but he popularized that format more specifically for podcasting. And so me being a fan of Joe Rogan, I decided that that's what I would also adopt for my own podcast and for my own show and for whatever I do. So that one's good for that, right? But then I don't want you guys to be a fly on the wall 
and I want to talk directly to you guys. And so why would I choose that format when I have to kind of like do these uncomfortable turns? I have to always control the microphone. And as you guys could tell, I'm very expressive with my hands. You know, I can do some dancing too. I can really get jiggy with it. Um, uh, but this format is much better and freeing than the one that I was doing before. So uh, I just wanted to address that. I, this is the first time experimenting with it. I don't know if it will be better. I, I don't know if this microphone is any good for podcasting. I don't know. We're going to figure it out together and you're going to let me know too. So so before I get into that, before I get into that, uh, so my point was I had already read all of these comments when you guys posted it four weeks ago. So a lot of you guys posted it when the episode came out and then I liked it and I hearted it after I read them. But I didn't respond to them, like actually manually respond to them because there were so few of them that I felt, okay, like this makes perfect sense to just respond to them in the video, right? And then eventually, if the show picks up, if whatever happens to the show that we have like a thousand comments, then obviously I can't really do that anymore. But for now, we're going to do that. For now, we're going to do that. So thank you so much, Lacey. Thank you so much, really, and much love to you, honestly. <clears throat> because look, like it's so crazy to me, right? Because the internet, the the internet is already a very toxic environment, right? And I can speak from personal experience, from growing a page to almost one million on TikTok, to uh, growing a YouTube channel, you know, in seven months and having videos that are crossing over 300,000 views and just growing an Instagram account from zero to literally 180,000 followers from doing all of this like growth on the internet, you know, like I'm, I'm very much aware of what the environment that is the internet is, you know, and honestly, it's rare when you come across good constructive comments, you know, loving comments, more specifically loving comments. Like that's so rare. That's so rare. It's almost an exception. And then to have the four comments, the, the total four comments that were posted on the last episode, all four of them being insanely positive, insanely uplifting, insanely relatable is honestly a miracle in my opinion. So the fact that Lacey, you know, decided to send love to a random stranger on the internet who is mentally gone, by the way, a random stranger on the internet for you to send your love, you know, because every day, like we have like a, a certain amount of love to give and a certain amount of, of care, a certain amount of positivity, a certain amount of negativity, of hatred to kind of disseminate and kind of give as we go about our life and our day. And we hand it out to people and we hand it out to others. And sometimes we give it to ourselves and you decided to give me some of your love. And for that, in exchange for that, or in uh, equal reciprocity to that, I wish you equal abundance, equal love. And you have no idea the how, how, how impactful these comments are to, are to me. You know, because being someone who, just like I've talked about before, who growing up didn't really get that same love from family members from parents even you know like not that same consistent love like I never really had love that I can fall back on that I could rely on didn't really have that 
And so to have that now, you know, at 26, finally have it now, um, at 26 years old, um, and my birthday was on the 31st of October, you better say happy birthday to me. You better. Uh, I, I'm obviously joking, guys. It's a joke. Um, because I didn't even uh blow a candle out this year because I just didn't really feel it. Um, for my own personal reasons too. Like it's not that I was depressed. It's just that I wasn't really in that state of mind of blowing out candles. I'm gonna blow out candles when I feel like it's time to blow out candles. Anyways, so at 26 years old, I finally experienced that firsthand. Like I finally started experiencing love, acceptance, you know. And yeah, it feels crazy receiving it on the internet. And I really appreciate it. I really do. From the bottom of, from the bottom of my heart, bottom of from the bottom of you you guys figure out what I just said. Um <clears throat> and then we have another comment from Samantha seventy one forty eight. Was that also when when you were born? You were you were born in the year seven thousand one hundred forty eight? Mm. We got a time traveler on our on our hands here. Um about the school art class, I remember getting laughed at by my classmates and my teacher because red and pink don't go together. And my little craft was stupid because I made it those colors. It still haunts me. I was like 10 years old. But now at 32, I still love to paint and do so more and better than all those colorblind people laughing at me. You go, Samantha. You go. Honestly, fuck them. Sorry for the language, but I'm not really sorry for the language. This is it's my show. It's my town. All right? It's my town. You come into my town, you got to abide by my rules. You understand me? Um, fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck everyone, honestly. Honestly, fuck people, right? But at the same time, don't fuck people because because of what I'm saying. Like, fuck all the negative people is what I'm trying to say. Like, all the negative, low-density energies. That's something that I've really, really come into understanding in these past few months, especially. There's so many low-density individuals, people who don't even have an ounce of spirituality, people who claim to be religious, people who claim to be... God-fearing, God-following people, people who claim to be loving, love, peace, positivity. And they're also filled with hatred, resentment, anger, unresolved traumas, unresolved everything you can imagine. And then they just vomit and project and poop and shit out all that shit and smother you in it and just like feel my feel my pain. Because misery loves company. But guess what? You don't have to keep misery company. You don't have to unless you want to. And I've made a decision for myself. I will never, never again step into any place that isn't welcoming of me. That isn't welcoming of my love. Isn't welcoming of who I am as I am. Any place that I have to kind of prove my worth and prove my value and ask others for forgiveness. Please forgive me for 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 being depressed, for having mental breakdowns, for, for having to go through everything on my own, for, for, for having to cure myself of my own shit, you know, of all the traumas, everything I've gone through that nobody else has gone through. Nobody I know, nobody close to me has gone through anything remotely similar to what I've gone through emotionally, mentally, and spiritually in these past few years. No one, no one, not one person, not one person. But everybody's so quick to judge. You know, everybody's so quick to say, you should do this more often. You should do that. To those people and to Samantha, my recommendation to you is 
welcome. Be welcoming of the people who are, are up and up with you. You know, like even if you're flawed, even if you're not perfect, obviously everybody's flawed, everybody's not perfect, but even if you slip up, even if you do this, all they'll have to offer you is unconditional love. It's the first thing, unconditional. What does unconditional mean? Oh my God, a lot of burps. Unconditional means no conditions, no strings attached, you know, still going to give you love, still going to try, still going to keep trying. Even if it's not reciprocated, still going to keep trying. If you're having a depressive moment, if you're having, if you're really down on your luck, if you're thinking about killing yourself, which are all things that I've gone through, right? They'll come knocking on, like knocking on your door. They'll, they'll persist. They'll try to yank you from the depths of hell and they'll try to build you up and they'll try to do everything. That's love. Anything that's not that exactly that to that extent to that intensity is not love It's conditioned whatever the fuck those people think it is you know whatever they think it is but it's not your job to sit in that misery it's not your job to to walk side by side with these miserable people it's not it's not because you've been figuring out your shit right at 32 years old you've been figuring out your shit right you've experienced everything you've experienced You've been healing yourself of every trauma. You've been overcoming all your insecurities. You, 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 you. Therefore, you is the common denominator, not them, right? That's a big thing that I've learned. It's not them. And them can be anybody, anybody that even tries to derail you or tries to put you down even a little bit, even a little hesitancy, even a little like eh, negativity spewing out of their mouth. To me now, it's like you're out. You're out and you're out forever because I'm a Scorpio, by the way. Remember the intense eyes? Scorpio. I'm a Scorpio. So I'm not one of those uh, cat ladies, again, who's who's going to base their entire life off of horoscopes or zodiac signs or whatever. But I'm just saying, like, I just like to say that as a joke, but it's not really a joke. I'm a Scorpio. I hold, I hold true to what I set my intentions to be. So when I cut people out, when I decide that these people are dead, that's it. It's done. So my point is bullies and just miserable people who are just unsatisfied with their own existence, man. Like the, It's so easy for you to project and vomit all of your insecurities onto someone. And it's also so easy for, for that someone to convince themselves that that person is right. You know, because we don't really have any like moral compass, any guiding star in those moments. Like we just assume like, oh, this other human being that looks like me that and maybe they they maybe they don't even look like me but in this case like they're a part of this little tribe that I'm in one of the members of the tribe of this school of other 10-year-olds they just decided plus the leader of the tribe the teacher also confirmed it also agreed that that what did you say that that red and pink don't go together and therefore your thing is stupid yeah it's stupid Samantha's this thing is stupid come on bro come on Come on, people are so are so nasty sometimes, you know? And I've grown up with so many nasty people like like around me in schools and places and I've witnessed so much, so much, so many different cultures too. Like just like I said, like I I moved around a lot. The um other day, like I sat down with my mom for the first time in my life and I made an outline of my entire timeline of like my entire life from birth, literally from birth up until now with like dates specifying like what happened in those dates where, where was I where did I move to and and I can tell you that 
I never stayed in one place for more than six months, always switching school. So imagine like school, right? Like you do like half a year max, right? Like half a year if you're lucky and then yanked. Let's go to another state, another city, figure it out, adopt, adapt, adapt. That's why I'm so good at adapting. Like I can, you can put me in any room and I'll befriend everybody. But not in like a manipulative Machiavellian way. It's like I'm going to be friend and then I'm going to be the leader of this room. No. It's literally out of the joy of my heart because it brings me joy to connect with people. Because that's what I had to do. Like that's what I had to fall in love with. Is I had no choice but to fall in love as a survival instinct, a survival mechanism. I had to fall in love with the idea of loving people. Of like loving conversations with people. Loving being around people. Loving this and loving that. And so with all that effort towards acceptance, you know, towards integrating myself in these rooms, in these little ecosystems, I also, as a side effect, developed a very heavy insecurity that's predicated on what the members of these little tribes of these little of these little groups would define me as or would portray me as or would view me as. Hopefully that makes sense. But my point is is um i've i've i like i've experienced so many cultures like both um like in every way you can imagine right so i went to a very poor school when i was living in philadelphia a very very poor school um i went there for a while and then i went to another school in north carolina which was like also kind of like a poor school kind of like middle class and then in brazil I was exposed to the higher echelon of individuals, right? The higher class, like higher snobby society, like basically the like the pinnacle, the apex of Brazilian economic society, kind of, you know, like kids who would say like, yeah, like my dad, you know, has invested $10 million on this uh, new equipment for his factory in wherever the fuck in Thailand or some shit, you know? So it was like that level of wealth. It's like old money. So I've seen like the full gamut kind of. And then in seeing that full gamut, I've had to, you know, adapt accordingly. I had to really just um, innovate myself with every location. With every single day, I had to just be ready to innovate, to adapt, to just really understand who I am or who I'm supposed to be. And then I just lived that whole life of just adapting every day, just Every day was just a product of an attempt at adapting and being accepted. And so only in my adulthood, just like Samantha said, only in her adulthood, do you really realize or do you really have the time? And most people don't have the time. And so I use that word very sparingly. Um, It's up for interpretation, like what you see time as in this case, because we can all make time, right? Even if you work nine to five and then you get home and you're tired and stuff and I get it, but you can also find ways to really um do that shadow work and really develop and nourish that 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 realness inside of you right and really connect with your with your soul with your inner flame with your higher consciousness with your higher self whatever you define it as being but my point is that only in your adulthood do you really have those like moments of clarity it's like what like this whole time i've been resisting painting because when i was 10 a teacher and this stupid kid named Rodney in freaking art class. I hated Rodney. They, they said red and pink don't even go. Of course red and pink goes together, dude. Like you, like, you could probably find, like, a bunch of famous paintings that use only red and pink. 
that are in freaking museums or that predominantly use red and pink hues, you know? It's like, like it's crazy though. It's crazy because that's what being human is and that's the whole experience. The whole experience, I think, is going through this existence and not only remembering who you are, and here's me getting into the whole like spiritual dimensions of things and just getting a little deeper here. Remembering who you are, just like Ram Das, who is a, an exceptional spiritual teacher and the leader of thought in this whole like new age movement of just, you know, enlightenment and nirvana, you know, like he's like, it's not new ideas, obviously, because this predates Christ. This goes all the way back to ancient Egypt, the ancient Sumerians, and everyone already knew this, right? The most ancient peoples, the, the Australian aboriginals, like they knew this stuff, like they understood Christ consciousness before Christ was even born, you know, because obviously it wasn't named Christ consciousness, but this like state of elevation, this mental elevation, this um, idea of finding inner peace, of finding this, this infinite well of wisdom, you know, that's pulled from the Akashic records that comes directly once your channels are cleaned and aligned and you align all your chakras and you're aligned energetically, then you connect with the quantum realm right and then physics for example scientists right the the leaders in the in the material 3d form reality you know these people who come up with all these theories and then they're glorified they win nobel prizes it's like ah oh, congratulations blah 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 for 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 like labeling and defining things in this limiting primitive 3d world you know and that's what we kind of just elevate like we elevate these people and obviously they're important because they help advance society at the pace that it is and to the point that it has technologically. But um, I think it's very deceptive and frankly de delusional to assume that we are at the pinnacle of evolution right now as a society. I don't think that's I don't think that's true. I think that materialistically, sure, you know, techno technologically, yeah, but that's it. That's it. And the curse of human beings is that we are very easily malleable right like our outlooks are very easily influenced we are very easily ideologically possessed and that's how we maintain um subservient to the governing classes to the government govern meant meant is is latinized uh word for menchi mente mente is portuguese menchi is Portuguese for mind. So govern minds. That's what governments are. Like, like ask yourself, like right now, if you're listening and I'm kind of like stuttering right now, cause I'm getting too excited. If you're listening right now, ask yourself, how many times in the last few weeks has the government played an instrumental role in your life? And then comment below and just let me know. Cause I'm generally curious because in my life, none of the times, None of the times, like not in any significant, substantial way that these these um, representatives of ours, these political representatives have actually influenced my day to day life. Not once. You know, the the policies and the infrastructure that's already in place, like the mail system and and voting system and the law enforcement and all that stuff. It's already like structures and systems that are in place that will continue in place regardless of whoever is in power, whoever is representing us. Right. So that just goes to show that these people are literally useless, indispensable. Like all they're useful for uh, is to argue in Congress and argue, you know, um, 
against like certain laws and certain presidents and divide the people further and further. But that's like a political rant. Um, what was I saying? Hold on. Is that how many times are these people actually indispensable in your life, right? Government. Fuck. Malleable. This is mentally gone. Malleable. Susceptible. Okay, so I guess that my point was that we are easy and quick to believe whatever is told to us because it's much easier than you really developing your own firm ideation or idea of a certain thing, whatever that certain thing might be. Because for you to decide that this is not a water bottle, this is a bottle of water. I just switched it, you know? And I know that people also refer to it as a bottle of water. But if you go into a town where everybody calls it, it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, it's a water bottle. It's a water bottle. That's what we call it around here. It's a water bottle. And then I go in there and for, for whatever reason, like, these are, like, very redneck people. But um, I just come in, you know, to this uh, town, to the small town. And I'm like, no, this is a bottle of water. You see here? It's a bottle of water. It's not a water bottle. It's a bottle of water. And now I also have a southern accent. Um, but yeah, but like then I would have to fight every person in that town, you know, figuratively and maybe literally. Like I would have to fight them depending on their level of intelligence. It's like because lower IQ people resort to violence more um, quickly, you, you know, like they're more predisposed to violence. So it's a measurement of IQ that doesn't just uh live in the emotional realm but it also kind of elevates itself to the more developmental parts of your brain you know so if you're more of a, a, a of a peace prone person like you're 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 more p- prone to peace which is what I've always been and I'm not just putting myself on a pedestal uh you can literally ask anybody like I've always been a very like peaceful person where it's like fighting and getting physical was always like the last last thing and it wasn't even on any of my lists like I never really got into any fights as a kid um but yeah, uh, I would have to fight these people because I believe that this is the opposite of what they believe, you know? And so that's much harder is my point than you going into this town and then you see that everybody's calling this a certain thing and then you start calling it that certain thing just so you could fit in. Like that's what humans usually do is that they see like this group of humans that are already doing one thing and then you go in and then you're like, you either have a choice, either you decide what you believe in is true, is your truth, and you're going to impose that truth, not not impose it on others, but you're going to defend your truth until death, you know, and then you have to decide, like, which truths are worth defending, which truths are worth even sharing, and that's my predicament, you know, as a creator, as an online creator in this age of cancel culture, you know, like, even me saying rednecks, like, when I said it, I was like, ah, oh, like, people are going to get offended, but you know what, fuck you, fuck you. That's how I'm treating it now. It's like, fuck it. I don't care, dude. It's who I am. Then don't watch it. Leave, you know? But, like, it's not that I hate a certain group. Like, it's just so stupid the way we look at the world now. And that's why the world is so divided. And that's why there's so much war. There's so much shit. You know, it's because nobody really feels anymore. Everybody's, like, rationalizing everything. If you're having a conversation with someone, it's always rationalized. Usually it's rationalized, but if you're having a conversation with me, it's, I feel everything first. I filter everything through my heart and that's where I feel people's energy. I feel people's vibration. I feel people's 
intentions even. Like I can tell what your intentions are with me. I can tell who you are as a person. I can tell what your essence kind of is. In the first like 15 seconds of meeting you, of like shaking your hand and even shaking hands, right? It's an energetic transference. And usually now like what I'm doing really is just fist bumping. You know, like I I go to get a haircut, I fist bump. Like I don't shake people's hands. I don't know what energy I'm going to be, you know, exchanging by, by shaking. And the palm is very energetically propense or or yeah energetically propense right it it has the propensity to be very energetically charged and so when you exchange handshakes with people like that's why handshakes are so iconic and that's why when you usually see like like political dealings and political uh stuff you know like two political figures coming together it's a handshake and then pictures are taken of that handshake you know it's because of that it's because it's literally an open source of where your energy is. And I can make my energy fart. Look. You see how powerful that is? Like, doesn't that give you chills all over your body? Um, so moving on, onward. Uh, I'm a big fan of Theo Vaughn, by the way. And he's the biggest inspiration for this format of a show. He's literally, literally the biggest inspiration as to why I even want to do this. Because I... I'm such a fan of his podcast, man. Like, I'm such a fan of how just real he is, of how authentic he is to himself, that I've always seen that. And I'm like, one day, someday I'm going to I'm gonna heal myself so much that I'm going to be so comfortable in front of the camera that I'm not going to worry about my hair. I'm not going to worry about how I look. I'm not going to worry about how I speak, of what I say, of, of, of what I don't say. And that day is now. So thank you to Theo Vaughn. Um, if you ever see this, just know that you're one of my heroes in many ways i think that it's okay to say heroes because at one point i was very um iffy about the idea of like being a follower and being a fan more specifically you know of like anyone i think that you should only be a fan of yourself and of the universe and of god and of like things higher than you you know things that are, are much bigger than you i think that if you are a fan of something then that makes you attached to that thing or person and then it makes you just very low density you know like it kind of like levels you back down to earth and i think that the more detached you are in the most literal sense possible then the more elevated you can be spiritually right so that's why i always hesitate to say like that i'm a fan of any of anybody but to call someone your hero i think that that is justifiable you know i think that that's very honorable even you know like people who have literally saved my life countless times by just playing a snippet of this guy, you know, like a uh, 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 TikTok edit or playing one of his podcasts, you know, like where he gets really real, man. Like he gets really real. He doesn't like no holds bar, no resistance. He just gets straight to the point. He shows his true emotions. He he doesn't hold back in the way that he engages with himself and with the world. And he's one of my heroes. Like he's one of my dream people to meet, like that I want to meet with that I want to have a conversation with, that I want to better understand and get to know better, you know, because he's just an amazing guy. Like, honestly, I'm, I'm a fan of Theo Vaughn. And I think it's okay to say that, but a fan in the more spiritual sense, because of what he brings spiritually. So I think it's okay to say that in like a spiritual aspect. I think I'm a fan of his, but definitely in a huge inspiration. And that's why I said onward. So all of that, because I said onward, onward, um okay so let's go to j w a 66 11 you guys have some weird birth dates dude you guys have to 
have to get that checked out, huh? Um, obviously getting. I've been following you guys for a year now, and I love seeing your spiritual maturity and growth. It's nice to find content like this, and I appreciate you so much. Will your girlfriend still be involved on this side from time to time? If not, I will miss her. I will definitely miss seeing her. But I really appreciate being part, being a part of your life because I can definitely relate to where you are now or where you are in life now. I can't read today for whatever reason. Um, thank you so much for the kind words of support. Uh, to, to answer your question, I was just like thinking of what the answer is. Uh, the answer is she will be a part of the podcast. Like we're going to continue doing the podcast, but we've been um, doing and focusing more of our energy on the new channel that I told you about. Uh, the reaction one, it's called Mentally Gone Reacts, and I highly recommend you guys checking it out because of what I said earlier. Um, and so we are kind of doing a podcast, and we do have these like deeper spiritual intellectual conversations on there in every video, literally every episode, every movie we, we, we finish watching, we'll have like a in-depth conversation that really, you know, like takes us deep inside of ourselves and it's been one of the most enlightening experiences for me. And so we are essentially doing this, just not here, but there, you, you know. So, but on this channel, we will continue doing the podcast. Just not really focused too much on the whole like negative aspects of podcasting, you know, like the the conspiracy world more specifically. We might just like talk about more uplifting things, you know, to, to spread more love spread more kindness into the world and not so much fear mongering. Oh, excuse me. Fear mongering through, you know, focusing on the satanic, like, oh, Doja Cat is satanic. Ah, you know, it's like, who cares, bro? Who cares what she does? Honestly, like if you care, then you're allowing it to influence you and you're allowing it into your sanctuary, into your inner space, into your inner uh, peace. But if you decide that doesn't even exist, like who cares? Like, you're not going to save the world from itself. Like, you're not going to be the one with a pitchfork outside or with a sign saying, like, cancel, Doja Cat, enough is enough, you know? It's like, you're not going to be the one that's going to save the world from itself. Like, people who love her music are going to continue loving her music. People who want to be deliberately blind to all of the stuff that she does and that they all do and that most of them do is um, that's up to them. You know, like, your job and my job is to just focus on yourself in the most selfish way possible, Focus on yourself, develop yourself, get to know yourself first, obviously, and then develop yourself, develop versions of you that you want to see more of. And then you share that with the world and then you hope, right? You hope that that counterbalances all the evil that's already existing in the world. Like, I don't know how, like, how else to say it, you know? So to answer your question, like, she might pop in every now and then yeah like that's a great idea like she could just pop in just like we do for the reaction videos and she could if she feels inclined to if she wants to share something if we want to talk about something but we do plan on continuing the podcast in that format but it's going to be a more freeing format just like this because i'm very good at just improvising i'm very good at just talking a lot like i've already spoke for an hour and a half almost and i feel great i feel good i don't feel fatigued i don't feel anything like i could go for another 10 hours honestly um and so we might just do this format, but kind of like different and then include her in it. And again, it's up to her, really. Like, I just let her know, like, when I'm going to record. And then if she wants to jump in, then she jumps in. But to answer your question, you can uh, catch both of us on the Mentally Gone Reacts page. All right. Uh, the last comment here. Okay. Um, 
Oh, yeah, this comment is interesting, and I'll explain why it's interesting. Um, it's crazy that your spiritual awakening stages were almost exactly like mine. I am glad I am not the only one who has experienced those things. Definitely not. Like, we're... <laughs> I'm telling you, I told I told you guys about the whole tribe thing, right? My hope, honestly, honestly, and I'm going to be honest with you guys here. It's, it's going to sound a little pathetic, but it's the, it's, it's the truth. I desperately need to find my tribe. Not that I have an over-reliance on, on having friendships or having that form of reassurance and like numbers or being surrounded by like a tribe or like surrounded by people because i've actually always been the the opposite i've always been very reserved very not introverted but i'm very ambiverted right so i have my moments of extroversion which is right now which is what you guys are witnessing this is my heightened extroversion this is my um the the part of me that just really likes to just be social and just really you know communicate and connect and then i have my introverted side which is more prevalent i feel and it's more common in my life where I just like to be in my little zone. Like I just like to be to myself. I like to read my little books. I like to, you know, meditate. I like to, you know, just, just, just like go on my little spiritual journey and uncover my own things and just, you know, just really, really be with myself. But here's the pathetic part. I would love to have friends. <laughs> you know, I would love to have friends. I would love to have friends, says the guy, the 26 year old guy. I would love to have friends. And that's not saying that I don't have friends. It's just that all my friends are in Brazil. And so because of the distance, because of the, you know, span of time away from each other, like I haven't visited Brazil in like seven years. Um, I'm still in the, in like most of the old group chats, you know, on like WhatsApp and stuff. And I'll like occasionally communicate there, but it's just not the same. Like it's not a real thing, you know? And so one of my goals if I have any goals with this little series is to attract my tribe. And then if, if I can create a community of like-minded individuals, especially when it comes to these deep spiritual things, you know, like these spiritual concepts and these adventures and these journeys and having other people who have gone through similar things, relating with each other, communicating with each other, talking with each other, sharing insights in the comment section in whatever else we create, if it's a Patreon, if it's a Discord, if it's a whatever, that would be awesome. So that's one of my goals. And just reading those first few sentences made me so ecstatic and so happy. It gave me such a profound sense of reassurance, you know, just like knowing that there's at least one person out there who doesn't think I'm a nut job, who doesn't think I'm crazy, you know, and I'm not saying that anybody around me deliberately outwardly said that I'm crazy, but it's like a lot of the the things that I talk about, you know, off camera and that I try to communicate to people about spirituality. To them, it's just so foreign. It's as if I'm speaking a different language. You know, I'm speaking a language from like a small undiscovered tribe in the middle of nowhere. It's like they look at it and they're like, why don't you speak English? This is weird. You're crazy, you know? So I've gotten that vibe from like most people around me, but, um, but it's always so, so reassuring. It's like a warm hug, honestly, as sad as that sounds, it's like a warm hug. And I've been needing more of those. Like I've been needing more of like, I see you because I'm also there, you know, and not just, I see you because you want to be seen and because you, because, because I feel like this could help. It's like, it's, I see you because I see myself in you, you know, like that's what I want to see. 
more of. You know, I didn't mean for that all to connect the way it did, but yeah. And it's also funny because this idea of like seeing you, you seeing you in me and me seeing myself in you, that's the whole purpose of this journey on earth, right? Or, or that's the apex of achievement through all of this is overcoming the material 3D illusionary, illusionary, I can't say that word, the illusion of Maya, the illusion of this matrix, right? Of this little thing that we've constructed and that, or that we've been born into and that we believe is all there is. The ultimate virtue is, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, oh my God, like I have like an, like, I don't know what it's called, like acid reflux, like, I don't know what it is, but it feels like every time I drink coffee and I go to perform and I go to like record something, I always feel like it just, like, it just, ah, like, I don't know. Like, all this gas, you know, it just comes up, it just bubbles up, and then I'm like, ugh. Um, anyways, uh, the highest virtue, in my opinion, is to be able to get to a point where you understand that every single person is a fractal, a fractal, a fractal manifestation of the whole, which is God, right? Which is the, the one, the great creator, the one that started all of it, the, the one that is, has been, and always will be. So we are all just fractals of that, you know? So when you realize that we're all just fractals of the same one, right? And we come from this, from this undefined quantum realm, which by the way, if you look at quantum physics and quantum mechanics, it tries to study spirituality. That's literally what it tries to do. It's like trying to understand. Um, I saw this other thing too, that I think it's like 99% of everything we see in space is dark matter, you know, and scientists don't know what dark matter is. So 99% of space, you know, and apparently we've gone, you know, exploring into space and whatnot. And I'm not going to get conspiratorial, but it's just interesting, right? Like, how can you explore, <laughs> like, how, like, how can you conduct space exploration if you don't even know what the space consists of? You know, like, you just know that it's this dark matter. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of sus. But my point is that dark matter, like, nobody knows what it is. You know, science, science didn't prove it. Like, if science is so great, define it. What is it? You can't. So things like that, you know, like, we don't even know what is what. We just try to label things and we try to confine things into a very manageable package, you know, size that's very um, edible, digestible for us puny humans who are still trapped in this little material realm. But once you emancipate yourself and you just liberate yourself and you just realize that this is just the first level, like this is just base level. There are levels to this game, sweetheart, levels to this game. I don't know why I said sweetheart. I just like tried to embody like a like a Hollywood actor. There are levels to this, sweetheart, levels, okay? Um, but yeah, but that's when you really start understanding that everything is like bullshit. Everything is bullshit. Science, a lot of science is just a, a, a guess, which is why they have a lot of theories and hypothesis and stuff. And what was I saying to, to get to this? Oh, yeah. And then so the ultimate virtue is living life, realizing that every person you see is essentially you because you are them. And that's what Jesus even says in the Bible. It's love thy neighbor, you know, like love thy neighbor. Why? Because thy neighbor is you. And so we are all just one. We are all one. And then this illusion of separateness is what 
you know, just curses us as a society, as a people. And it's what makes us act the way we act. It's why there's all these wars and division and two parties and polarization and blah, blah, blah. But we're all just one, you know, and any idea of separateness is an illusion. And that's a fact. That's a fact. You can debate me on it. You can present all of the facts you want. And I'll dig deep in my bag and I'll pull out every scientific fact that proves towards that direction. You know, especially with like quantum stuff, you know, because I've been trying to like dibble dabble in a few of those things. But it, but again, like I'm not one of those. I'm I'm not a good influencer because I am not I, I, I don't have a good memory. Right. Just like I said, like, I don't know what it is about my brain, but it refuses to remember specifics about anything. So I can't be that type of person who's like, actually, in this specific book, there's a quote by Dr. Whatever, whatever, who states, clearly states that, no, no, no. And then in the Bible, in chapter, I can't be that person. I just can't, right? So everything I say is kind of just, it's just flowing. Like maybe I'm pulling from the Akashic Records, maybe, because I've done that before where like, I'll like say things and then I'll like turn to, I'll turn to my girlfriend, Gabriella, and then I'll be like, what the fuck did I do? Like, I don't even know how I came up with that. You know, it's such a, whew, just just like a heavy concept, like something I've never even thought about, given thought, never read anything about it, never saw it anywhere. And I'll just like talk about it and just say it, you know? So, uh, yeah. So, so the ultimate virtue is when you realize that everyone is the same. Everyone is you and you are everyone and you are everything and everything is you. And all of the stuff that makes up one thing is all the stuff that makes up you. And the idea of separateness is but an illusion. It's an illusion. But yeah, so uh, continuing with Amanda Baker, 7371. And my favorite number is seven, by the way. That's my lucky number. Um, okay, um, experience those things. I felt crazy and so out of place when I had my ego death. I had that experience back in January 2021. I had just turned 21, super young for that to happen to someone. Anyways, the world I once knew was completely obliterated and I had to learn to navigate this new world and it literally felt like I escaped some matrix inside my mind or that purgatory like you explained it. Shortly after my ego death, I started having thoughts like, well, maybe everyone is trapped inside their own personal hell. Like all the negative thoughts people have about themselves keeps them away from finding their higher self. What's crazy is whenever I escaped, I didn't even know I needed to escape to begin with. But you basically touched on that when you were describing the box metaphor. I recommend this book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle uh, that helped me understand what I went through and be able to put my experience into words. Enjoy the journey because not every stage in the awakening process will be pleasant but it is needed to help shape you in your journey. The way you write just gave me chills, honestly. Honestly, like I just got full body chills, which I'll explain better like what my full body chills are in like a future episode, but it's really like when when something resonates with me spiritually, my whole body now vibrates. And I think that that's something that I've unlocked with my meditation, with like as I progress on this like little adventure, spiritual adventure, like I've been like gaining these like little superpowers, you know, like not literal superpowers, but these little things that, that I didn't really have before, or if I had it, I never really paid attention to it, but now it's like enhanced, right? So whenever I see something that really resonates, full body vibrations, full body, like an energetic dance happens up and down my spine, right? And 
I said that this comment was interesting before I started reading it because to prove to you guys that I actually read the comments, look what I got. So after I read Amanda's comment immediately, and I swear immediately, I went on Amazon and I ordered the book. And what's funny, what's funny is that yesterday, right, you posted this comment four weeks ago. So I've had this book for like four weeks, right? Only yesterday did I crack it open and start reading it. And then today I decided, like I felt a strong pull towards finally doing this uh, solo podcast confessional thing, right? And it's just interesting, like one thing led to the other, right? So I got this book and then I finally began reading it yesterday and I got to page nine, literally the first page of the first chapter. It's like, I just stopped right here. And then I've been like pinpointing certain points and stuff. So I'm going to finish this book soon. And then I'm obviously going to talk about the values and the things I found in it. I already found a, a, a well of wisdom. And it's crazy because one of my favorite parts was actually in the forward or in the intro. I think it might have been in the forward of the book. So it wasn't even really... Oh, shoot. I think I found it. Hold on. It wasn't even Eckhart who said it, right? But I've, I've been familiar with Eckhart through Kendrick Lamar. So I don't know if you're a fan of music. Um, if Amanda is a fan of music, but is a fan of music. Like, no, I'm not a fan of music. I hate music, right? Imagine. Uh, if you're a fan of rap music, hip-hop more specifically, right? Uh, Kendrick Lamar is Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. One of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, I've listened to it way too much, but also not enough and Eckhart is featured on the outros of one of his tracks and so he says something like and I'm going to try to like replicate his voice if you identify with this pain body uh wait wait ah uh, shoot what, what the heck does he say dude I've listened to the song so much uh this pain body that needs to periodically feed on more unhappiness and i love that quote like something along those lines that i always listen to that track all the way well i, I listen to every track but that one specifically like it just stuck with me uh, he says that if you identify with this pain body and that this pain body which is what he refers to this vessel this this meat vessel is a temporary thing right like that's why we die and then we think that death is the end of it. But in reality, the big joke, the big test is that you don't get to know what comes after. And in the not knowing, you are tested to see how you live in this pain body, like how you use it and how you align yourself and how you overcome it and how you kind of transcend it. Right. So when you die, in my opinion, it's like a metamorphosis prophet. Uh, prophecy a metamorphosis process takes place right like you go from uh caterpillar cocoon and i think that the cocoon is supposed to represent the breaking of your pain body which is like that moment when you just are overcome by it and you're just broken you know and then that's when you really detach yourself from the pain body because i think your higher consciousness needs to kind of detach because it wants to survive like i think that every energy and every inkling in your body wants to survive right it wants to kind of prevail so that it can permeate itself um, like in this world and fulfill its purpose 
but I think that it just really detaches from the pain body once the pain body is broken. And so you have to break yourself. And it's through the breakdowns that there's the breakthroughs. Literally, the breakthrough for me came at one of my lowest moments, which I'm going to get into on a further uh, on a future episode because it's kind of I kind of do have something scheduled in a bit. And I don't want to like, you know, like f- overlap too much. But this um pain body of mine, right, this this vessel it got to a point where I just had a breakdown. Like I just l- reached my limit. And it got to a point where I was just reacting in a way like I was compulsively like shaking. Something I've never felt before. Like I was compulsively shaking. I was like doing these like movements that I couldn't really control. And I was having a breakdown. Like literally a breakdown like from stress, anxiety, depression. All just culminated and just got to this point where it just broke me. And I guess I was just a very hard person to break up until that point. And that's why it just took me so long and so much pain and anxiety and depression and setbacks and this and this and this. And finally, one day it happened and it happened in this basement, me standing right here where I am, but I, but I was standing and then I just had this like compulsive uh, reaction, this like visceral reaction, really. And then I just started like saying like yelling and stuff because I got into an argument with my girlfriend and that's kind of the catalyst was that is that that argument that we've had like multiple arguments before but that was the one like that was the one that just broke me because I was just like I I had reached my like breaking point already like I had reached my limit with everything with all the problems all the anxiety of the world everything and then she was just like the catalyst and so and so with that with that fight right like with that disagreement that we had and it just got to a point where i was just like feeling suffocated and then i just like exploded like i was just like manically just like going like stop 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 it's like i can't take it can't take it and then i kind of like swirled around like like i like i like went towards this wall and then i was just like covering my eyes and then at one point i just like walked right over here behind me right there i literally fell to the ground I curled up into a ball, like into the fetal position, so profound into the fetal position, because that's my last resort. Think about that. I curled up into my fetal position because that was my last resort to holding on to something familiar because I was so tired of so many left turns in my life of so many like new problems it's like problems after problems it's people's problems it's other people's problems it's expectations of people it's this and that it's what's wrong it's what i have to do to make money i have to do this i have to pay this i have to all of it just like broke me and then i just got into the fetal position and and i literally just like stayed there for a while and didn't say a word and then the next day I woke up a completely different person. It was the strangest thing, and I get full body chills and full body vibrations again. Most strangest thing that has ever happened to me. Because you would think that after that, like you would maybe be bedridden, you know, from like sheer depression and sheer disappointment in yourself and others. And you would just curl up into a ball and just accept nihilism as your truth. And you would just off yourself, you know, finally do it. And in my case, it was like finally do it. Because I wanted, like I was craving the sweet release. I was craving, craving, like desiring it. Like that's how I knew I was in a fucked up place, you know, like I was desiring it for the first time in my life. Never, never crossed my mind before. Like five years ago, never crossed my mind. But I was craving it, man. Like I was desiring that shit. Like I wanted it. 
I wanted to feel the release. I wanted to feel nothing, you know? And then the next day is my point. I woke up with filled with love, peace, and acceptance. Like I've never felt before. Overwhelmed by peace. I've never felt true peace prior to that breakdown. Never felt true peace. And maybe something in my brain switched. Maybe something broke. Maybe I'm more broken now, ironically, but I feel more fixed. But whatever it was, it broke for sure. And then that was the the beginning of everything. That was the beginning of my journey. So you're you're way ahead of me on that for sure. Because when you turn 21, like you turn 21 and you went through this, that's crazy. But crazy in the best way possible. Like that's props to you. Like that's insane. I can't even imagine. Because at 21, I was like thinking about I could finally like drink legally. I could finally like go into the bars. I could finally whatever. I was still very much underdeveloped, like a very primitive being in all facets, in all ways of um, analyzing life, you know? But then this moment at 24 years old, I think it was the, when was it? It was this year. Yeah. It, it was a few months back. So I was 25. So I turned 26 on, uh, on Halloween. Today is November 6th. Is today November 6th? Actually, hold on. Yes, today is November 6th, right? So I, hold on. Let me just double check, make sure I didn't get any. Right, so, so, so I was 25, right? So a few, like a few months ago is when it happened. And yeah, ever since then, I've been a completely different person. It's like something, it's like my, my higher self finally regained control. Finally was able to have a clear, clean slate, like out with the broken old that you've been carrying for 25 years, out with that, throw it out, burn it, break it, it's broken, throw it out, forget about it. I'm here now. And then whatever I am, right, because in the Bible it says I am, God, your higher self, a fractal of the God, like a fractal of God, a fractal of the all, the all itself, the, the all manifesting as yourself without you realizing that it is yourself, if that makes sense. And then it finally regained control. And now even when I speak to you guys, it's, it's, I would like to believe that the majority of the, the voice that you're hearing comes from that source, comes from the higher self now. And then before, I think I lacked a lot of this um, prowess in my determination, in my voice, in my speech, in my, in my ideas, because I was never really fully connected with my higher self. And at some points, I wasn't even connected with anything but myself. And myself was this broken used up 25 year old car you know that could barely get you across the corner of 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 your street you know it could barely get anywhere and yet i was relying on it i was trying to look into it for inspiration like hopefully behind these old seats i can find some inspiration i can find a penny of luck i can find a sign you're not going to do that you're not going to do that you have to just literally burn the car burn the car and learn how to walk again See, like, I don't even know how I just came up with that, but it sounds beautiful to me. Burn the car and learn how to walk again. Learn how to walk to places. Learn how to take yourself to places, you know? Because some cars are way too beaten up. They're way too old. They're way too damaged. They're way too, they're way too, um, they're like past saving. Like, you can't, you can't save it. So, that was my little uh, moment, you know? Like, that, like that was my breakthrough moment. 
And then it was after that that I just started really. And then when I started meditating again, because I've always kind of meditated, right? Like I've been meditating for a few years, but it was always like kind of on and off. And when I started, it was kind of like a gimmicky, kind of like a status symbol too. Because again, I was a very primitive, stupid kid. And like in my early 20s and late teens, I was kind of like getting into it, but it was more so virtue signaling, you know, to other peers that, hey, like I'm, I'm kind of better than you because I meditate, you know, I'm spiritual, I read books, you know, like that's who I was. And so it was on and off with like Headspace and like all these apps. I even tried Sam Harris's app, Sam Harris's app, uh, Wake Up, which I'm still subscribed to because it lasts like a whole year. But I even tried that earlier this year. But then my point is that I started meditating using only music, like more specifically ancient Egyptian music, um, Aboriginal music, um, like uh, Native American um, Indian music, uh, Indian music from India, um, Middle Eastern music, and then just all of these like older sounds, you know, like older instruments, older notes, older, older vibrations, older frequencies. I started just closing my eyes and meditating and just really diving deep into myself and using music to kind of guide me, right? Because just like the Bible says, in the beginning was sound, right? Like, like everything was sound, not a Brahma, you know, like every religion talks about sound, every ritual is is orchestrated with sound you know like there's no ritual that happens without sound without some drum beat without some something happening you know like uh, uh, you, you know like something happens because it's the sound it's the vibration so i began using sound to find myself and because sound is how god speaks to us god speaks to us through vibration frequency through um nature right and everything is a manifestation of a certain frequency of a certain vibration like even humans like we vibrate at a certain frequency and everything in nature vibrates at a certain frequency and if you google youtube cymatics you will you will not be um you will not regret it because it shows you that every pattern in nature can be replicated using sound so if you play a certain frequency of an instrument you can generate and all of these like particles, like like sand particles is what they do. The the sand organizes itself in the shape and in the pattern, the same exact pattern as, for example, the spots on a leopard or the um the shell of a turtle, you know, things like that. And you can literally read like replicate any pattern in nature using sound. And so everything is sound and light, in my opinion. So that's how I kind of kickstarted my whole adventure and my journey. And then my meditation sessions became more and more intense. I started having more out-of-body experiences. I started having more astral projections. I started engaging with like different realms, different ways of being, of, of understanding. And it's increasingly getting more and more intense in the best way possible and it's interesting because it's directly proportionate to the advancements that i've been experiencing in the physical world it's like everything is working out for me now you know everything i choose to do everything i choose to invest my time in that i choose to pour my soul into it's successful in its own right because of the fact that i'm so in tune with myself 
that everything I create in a weird, and, and I don't intend this to be cocky, by the way, it's just like following this same idea that we are all just fractals of God. Everything that I create now is, is paradoxically at the same time, concurrently in, in offering to God, because that's what the best art is. The, the best art is an offering to God. Right. And that's what Rick Rubin says. And that's in his book. And that's where I learned it from. And I think that's so beautiful because it's true. The best art, the best music you listen to, the best paintings you see, it's all an offering to God. Right. So as long as an artist sets out with that intention, if you're going to create an album, if you're going to create a film, if you're going to create a podcast, if you're going to just spew nonsense like I do, at least always do it with the intention that you can offer this to God. And it's worthy of being offered to God. But then it's paradoxical because, just like I said, we are all each other and we are all one. It's an offering to God, but it's an offering to yourself created by yourself. So it's like an endless loop. And that's like a real um, tongue twister, a mental tongue twister. It's like, which one came first, the chicken or the hen? Who knows? The chicken or the egg? The chicken or the hen? I don't know. Um, The chicken or the egg, right? It's like, it's this like endless cycle. And I just want to blow that out because I don't want it to burn too long. Because, like, these are small-ass candles, dude. Like, they don't even last anything. It's so crazy. Um, but, 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 like, my point is that it's all just an offering, right? So what was my point? Jesus, dude, I have ADHD. I'm so sorry. This is all so sporadic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then everything that I do now is working for me because in a non-cocky way was my point and in a non-egotistical way hopefully this is how it comes off but i can't control it again i can only control what my intentions are everything i create is a manifestation of the divine because i am allowing myself to be a clear vessel for that energy to really flow through me to flow through me to guide me to instruct me on certain decisions creative decisions on things to say, even if that decision is made in like a millisecond, especially at the pace that I talk and at just how fast, like fast I switch topics and I derail from one thing and I switch topics, but it's all being like divinely woven kind of, you know? And because of that, I am God is what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. You know, like in a spiritual sense, we are all God, you know, that's where the I am comes from in the Bible. And that's why Jesus says that the kingdom of God is within man. You know, like it's not outside of you. It's not any externality. You're not going to get saved by going to any church or or religious temple or mosque. That's not how it works. You save yourself from within, you know. And it's just like uh, that SpongeBob episode, the power within, you know, like they they try to teach you. Um, I thought that I would have more time to go through the voicemail. I am not going to forget to go through the voicemail. Um, If you're the person who sent the voicemail, then you know exactly who you are. And just know that I am beyond appreciative, beyond grateful. Like appreciative is kind of like a weird term. I don't think it really communicates the full essence of my emotions. Um, Beyond grateful and just filled with love, you know, because you sent, look, the person who sent the voicemail, I'm just not going to play it now because I know I'm going to rush through it because I do have something to do in a bit. That's why I'm going to save it for the next episode. And then also anybody else who like calls in, then I'll play yours and then we'll get to all of them. But you sent your voicemail on the day that I was talking to my mom, I think, about something relating to this thing. 
and how I felt kind of like unmotivated because I didn't really know if it was resonating with anyone. Like nobody really called. Like I put out like I like I put out the phone number and nobody really did anything. And then you sent this. Like you sent this at 7:38 p.m. And it was such a godsend to me. Like it was such a uh, a profound and heavy sign that I'm just supposed to do this. And so it was a part of my confirmation thing, you know, like it was a part of my synchronicity of my life, of my process. And you played a role in that. And so that's why I'm going to savor your voicemail and save it for the next episode where we can all listen to what you have to say. And we're going to respond to it. And by we, I mean me and my higher self, I guess. Um, I don't know why I'm saying we, unless there's other, you know, and uh, like beings in this basement that I'm not aware of. Um, but w- we're going to really just dive deep into what you have to say, because I feel like it deserves its own kind of like half an hour, an hour long segment just to like really discuss and really get into everything. So this episode was more reserved for the YouTube comments. Um, but the next episode, I'm going to definitely kickstart it with your voicemail. So don't think that it's going to go to waste. You know, it was a three-minute voicemail, which, by the way, I noticed that at the end of it, it kind of cut off, and then you, like, continued speaking. Hopefully, you got everything in. I don't know why, and I didn't even know that there was, like, a limit, but for anybody watching or listening, just know that there might be a limit of three minutes. So you you have three minutes to leave a message or just leave first half of your message, or if it's a 10-part message, like, if it's 30-minute long message, leave 10 three-minute messages and we'll get through it you know like my point is that don't let that limit you from fully expressing yourself like don't let anything limit you from fully expressing yourself um and with that being said we literally have one minute left on the timer i'm going to close it out right here um thank you so much to everybody who has been enjoying these episodes who has been tuning in uh you guys can expect many more from me to come and i'm slowly but surely getting more comfortable with myself and just allowing myself to really let go And with that being said, don't forget that it's never wrong to be mentally gone. I think I'll continue saying that because it's what holds true to me and it's what I've been following in my life. So don't forget that it's never wrong to be mentally gone. And I'll catch you guys on the flippity flip. Peace and love, positivity, evolution, everything to everyone. (laughs) 